Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Today, You Hate Movies joins the quarantine world on a Zoom call as we discuss which movies are getting us through our isolation. From comfort flicks to comedies to body horror, here's how we're staving off cabin fever with cinematic medicine. No, we can't. That's, that's copyrighted. But yeah, that Blu-ray thing starts with Peter Pan shouting here. He does, yeah. Well, first you hear Remember? Jack Sparrow say, We have a heading. And then Peter Pan goes, Here, Here we, go. we go. And then you get the Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which I think is Alan Silvestri. Somebody. And then it's like some you get some monologue about like from our hearts. Yeah. Prin- yeah. <laughs> the Prince of Thieves isn't Disney, so it doesn't make sense. They is it not Disney? Own the I don't know who it is. In, it wasn't Disney. It must be MGM or something. I don't know. Or Touchstone or one of their. Someone imprints. did the research. Oh man, everything's it might on be the Touchstone. Internet. Yeah. And I'm having to research it as well. Well, it, it, this is weird, huh, guys? Yeah, it's a little different. So nobody's here on the show to, right now. Usually we're like. So-and-so's on the show, but nobody's on the show. Everybody's on the internet. Patrick's on the internet. Yep, I'm here. Tyler, he's on the internet. I'm plugged in. Hey, everyone out there also on the internet. Matt Hughes. I'm, uh, I'm, concerned, that, I'm concerned that during this uh, episode, one of us is going to end up sounding like Wally, you know? Oh, it's already as the, happened. Has it already happened once? Yeah. <laughs> This is more of an Eva tone. You know what you did? You brought it back to movie reference and grounded us all into the premise of this podcast, which is great. That's what what we do here, yeah. This is on purpose. (laughs) Oh, Matt. Matt's on the the internet. I am. Hello, every... Well, yeah, I guess I can still say hello. I got confused about the proper greeting to use when you're not in a room with someone. (laughs) It's a level playing field. Usually, we're we're all in a room. No, right. uh, occasionally we have a correspondent in Austin. Rarely, but we're all in a room, and everybody else listens on the internet. But now we're all on the internet. They're on the internet. It's, it's like Inception, which has become the right. lazy shorthand to describe anything that's in another thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Or, it's or like, replaced Russian dolls. Yes, exactly. As the in another thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one, no one cares about Russian dolls because of Inception. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was never. That was never a colloquialism before Inception. Inception has become the way that you refer to something inside of something, much like people just adding gate to the end of every controversy. Oh, you know? Yeah, uh, not understanding that it was the Watergate Hotel. Yeah, it was right. a, a gate of water. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that became that. It also became the name of the scandal. So you know, right? But it wasn't Watergate Gate, right? It was the Watergate scandal. Yeah, it'd be like the calling it the Ritz Carlton scandal, and then everything being the something Carlton. Right, that makes sense. Doesn't make sense. (laughs) That's stupid. No, it doesn't. What would we call it? (laughs) We'd call it another scandal. (laughs) No. No, I like I like Gate. In fact, this debate is turned into Watergate Gate. <laughs> yeah, Watergate Debate Gate. It's Debate Gate. Somebody debate online gate. asked us uh, if we had recommendations for quarantine 
movie, like a list of movies to watch while quarantined. And Patrick said, we should do that. We should try to get on the internet and like everybody else, try to make an episode out of this while we can't be in a room together. And none of us had the same uh, understanding of exactly what we're doing. So we all have different kinds of lists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. So let's go one by one and explain what kind of list you made. They all, as I understand it, adhere to the same basic umbrella of a list of quarantine, a, a list of movies to watch during quarantine, but under different pretenses, right? Sure. So Matt, yes. you made a list? I made a list. Um, my list is based on both what I have already, wa- already watched in quarantine and I'm planning to watch and um, then vaguely ordered by if I am in quarantine for too long, which ones am I most likely to watch a second time? That's smart. I like that. Thanks. Patrick, you made a list. I did make a list, but mine is not quite like Matt's. Uh, I kind of made a list of movies that are comforting to me, not because of the topic or because of the quarantine per se but just because of when i saw them or how i experienced them it's that if i don't have something i want specifically i'll look at this list so i think that being in quarantine for a while would bring this list up so that's my list that makes sense yeah tyler it seemed like when we first logged on tyler was making a list yeah looking at the zoom screen he might still be I'm still considering, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I think I'm coming at this from a few different angles. Um, some of these are probably more movies that I just enjoy and would never really. Um, the kind of movies that I enjoy so much that they need like proper viewing, like experience. Like if you have time on your hands and you want to watch a good movie, here's a long movie or an obscure movie that's really good to watch that I really love. Or movies that are just like, will put you in a better mood, you know, like just fun movies, make you appreciate life a little better. Uh, escapists in that way, I guess. And yeah. then, uh, I don't know, other movies that are just kind of like nostalgic, I suppose. That, that all sounds great. So, so far it doesn't, I mean, everybody's lists are a little different, but they're, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck out of these lists. Sure. I think so, yeah. I kind of did a mixture of Matt and Tyler in that some of these are things that I just uh, put on a list because I've already watched them while quarantined by simply walking out to the my Blu-ray storage, opening the drawers, <laughs> as it were, and then looking, like scanning the titles and being like, eh, this tonight. So I guess that qualifies. And then like uh, Matt, some of them are things that I'm uh, in that process haven't watched yet but I took out and put next to the Blu-ray player because I will watch them another couple of nights and then I populated the rest of the list just thinking through movies that like Tyler and Patrick said are either comforting or nostalgic or that I tend to watch if they're on I'll sit down and watch the whole thing or I like to watch them over and over again um, so some of them have more longevity in that sense and others of them are just like right now this is what I feel like watching I don't know if I'll keep watching it forever you know what sure. I'm yeah, yeah. And I also want to point out to everybody that we started working on these lists like 30 minutes ago. So, <laughs> Jeez, yeah. man. Little, Tell them. A little short sign <laughs> at like 10.30. I think, I think that's the charm of it. You know, it's not yeah. like if, if you had days to think about it, it probably would look a little different. So It would be like it. some 
uppity New York Times article or something. Yeah. Instead of yeah. like a true grassroots. That's what you come here for to You Hate Movies is, you know, <laughs> yeah. the yeah, truth well, and the heart of it. I feel uh, like we can say this because oh. as uh, Pistol Chris pointed out in our iTunes reviews, we're a bunch of uh, dream hacks and we constantly, we only review Marvel movies apparently. Um, so, yeah, it you know, we review maybe Marvel no movies will believe me. We, re- we review Marvel movies because those are the only episodes people listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're in it for the people, for the <laughs> podcast of the people. We're the people's uh, podcast. But, you know, if you like movies and if you uh, are some kind of, some level of cinephile, I don't know if you guys are this pretentious, but I, I'm willing to admit that sometimes I'm making a list and I want to put stuff on it that I genuinely like. It's not like a complete fabrication. But also because it looks cool on a list. It, it balances out the list and makes it seem more dynamic. Um, so what I usually try to do is a little bit of self-awareness. And when I know that, <laughs> oh, I'm putting this on here because it looks good on the list. Uh, also go, eh, let's be honest. This should also be on here because it looks decidedly less cool, but it's what I'm really watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's hard to temper my lists with my fragile ego. <laughs> While I was given that monologue, I kept looking at everybody's face on the Zoom call, and they were all making faces at me like I was doing the Wally. You were. You were, you were doing it real hard. It doesn't matter if I'm doing it, because I have the actual microphone over here. You guys are the ones that matter if y'all Wally. Oh, yeah. that's Hey, that doesn't seem fair. So just ignore it. Go with it, man. Well, they can't see us looking at each other. Yeah, they they wouldn't know unless you said something. Oh, right, and I did. I did. I pointed <laughs> it out for everyone. <laughs> All right, Matt, what's the first movie you got on your list? Are these in an, in order for you? Yeah, they're in they're in a, a vague kind of order. Um, like my number one is very much my number one, and then the rest is kind of muddled, but vaguely where I would put it if I was forced to. So my number ten movie is. Um, so I married an axe murderer. Okay. Which I think is just an underrated piece of comedic genius. Is that Mike Myers? Yeah, man. I've never yeah, seen yeah. it. I've only seen it's the, the one he did in between Wayne's World and Austin Powers, and it's brilliant. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the opening. Poem. No, I've I've never seen the movie, but I remember seeing it on the shelf at like okay. video rental stores. Well, you, Tyler, are a lover of a, si- a long single shot, and the opening of that is a very long single shot of yeah. a giant cappuccino being carried through a very 90s, very Seattle coffee bar. Mm. That's not the only thing that qualifies this movie for Tyler's affection, because the only reason I've seen So I Married an Axe Murderer and many times is because it used to play on TBS all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Awesome. It's something that you haven't seen. It. Amazing, I missed it. Oh, yeah, I genuinely a, think it's worth people's time. I think it's an undiscovered comedy gem. Okay. I haven't seen and, it since TBS in the oh, 90s. I watched it within the last three months. Nice. I searched it out. All right, Tyler. I will do so again. What did you end up putting on your list just now? <laughs> well, considering uh, films to watch while in quarantine um, that are going to bring some level of comfort to you, you have to start with John Hughes somewhere you know john hughes has got to be on the list so uh i figure i I, for this particular quarantine scenario i think you got to have ferris bueller's day off at some point along the way choice that was 
I dropped that off at the end, but it was it was at number nine for a while. And then yeah, it, got it seems a little just too appropriate, you know. It's never. Uh, it's well. That's what Ferris Bueller is. One time I was at Tyler's house, and I walked through uh, the living room on my way to another room and saw Ferris Bueller on. I don't remember why or what the circumstances happened to be, but I stopped on my way and just sat down on the couch. I was the only person in the living room. Everybody else was hanging out in another room and just started watching Ferris Bueller. So it has that uh, magnetism. Uh-huh. Good choice. It does. Yeah. It'll, yeah. it'll grab you. Mm-hmm. All right, Patrick, what do you got? Uh, I got... Uh, Spider-Man three, <laughs> <laughs> and it's that just from ten to one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so there is. Does for the longest time, I guess for years, if I was, I didn't have like cable or anything before, like internet was a thing that you could just watch anything you want whenever you wanted. It just was always Spider-Man three for some reason. And my list of movies that I don't need like an environment to sit down and watch it. If it's just there, I can sit down and enjoy. Kind of like Ferris Bueller, you can just at any point, sit down and watch it. So for the longest time, it was Spider-Man 3. And I, I mean, it's not great, but it's very comforting to me for some reason. <laughs> there it is. You should check it out. It's really good. You love it. You love. Just, that's, that's the motto of Burrs. God. Yeah, she loves the film. She loves. What can you say? Yeah. What can you say? All right. Uh, my first movie on the list is a uh, foreign movie. We don't call them that anymore. The Academy, International. Yeah, Academy changed it to uh, Best International Movie. That's right, Tyler? Did you just right. say that? Yeah, Best International Movie. So it's a, it's an international movie. Um, I'm bringing a little culture to the podcast, a little refinement. Um, and it's called Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, nothing. No, it took either it was a web delay or y'all's genuine silence. <laughs> uh, it was both. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the title was going to keep going, so I didn't want to say anything. When you have kids, you try to get your kids into things that you like, and some of them stake right away, and others they're just like you can tell they don't they don't care. Like I can get my kids into some things, but for some reason they're not all that excited about Fraggle Rock. I thought that would be a soft sell. It's not for some reason. But uh, I was able to get them into Godzilla movies, which is really strange because the Godzilla movies are a lot of people, you know, around computers talking, people dialogue in government conference rooms. It's badly dubbed since I, you know, turn on the English dubs for them because they can't read the subtitles. Um, And they're into Godzilla movies. And one of the ones that we keep watching over and over again is Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. So it's hilarious. Maybe one of the best, you know, when people think of like a B-monster B movie, like kind of all out, ridiculous, over the top, this is maybe one of those best ones. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. We watch it over and over and over again. So I thought, and it's fun to say. Sure. Yeah, that was fun to listen to. To me say the title? Yeah, yeah, it was great. This was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. Let me check it out. Matt, what else you got? I also have at number nine <gasps> Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out of Town. No, this is oh. this is what uh got re- this is what replaced Ferris Bueller. Mean Girls. Mm. Yeah, Mean Girls is good. 
That's a fun one to watch. It's so fun every time. Yeah, sure. Who doesn't love seeing a burn book? Uh, right, yeah. Good good question, yeah. It would probably be hard to find someone who hates Mean Girls. Yeah, that hates it for sure. I bet you could find some indifference, but it's hard to just actively dislike Mean Girls. It's yeah. just enjoyable and, you know, it's it's very much like soft and not like you don't have to give it a lot of effort, which at the moment is exactly what I need when I'm trying to work out how to live my life in an apartment with three kids while I work. Sure. So right. the idea of being able to not have to invest in anything else is really appealing right now. Yeah. Something that's just uh, easy viewing. Exactly. Like it doesn't yeah. require anything of me other than just eating popcorn on my couch. Mm-hmm. Nice. Tyler, do you have something in that vein? Of easy viewing? Yeah. Uh, I've got a few on my list. Uh, I'm going to do number nine, easy viewing, but a great comedy, uh, Orange County. Oh, Oh, wow. With Tom Hanks and Tom Hanks kid and Jack Black. Colin Hanks. Colin Colin Hanks. Hanks. Yeah. 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 It's an old, obscure comedy, but... Every time I ever watch it, I always enjoy it. It's it's something that's just easy to sit and and not pay attention to or get you know escape into. It's 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 just easy viewing, you know. Yeah, I haven't seen that since the theaters. Maybe it was a while. My yeah. wife regularly quotes that movie at me. She quotes Orange County at you? Wow, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, the John Lithgow parts in it are fantastic, just just on their own. I haven't seen it since the theater, but I did see it in a theater. I don't think I was in the right state of mind to appreciate it or the right like level of movie effect. <laughs> sure, and that's why I'm putting it on my list here in case anybody hasn't seen it or hasn't seen it in a long time. It's worth a revisit. I'm, I'm here to hype it up. Okay. up. Groundswell for Orange County. Yeah, swell hey. it up. Great poster, mm-hmm. great theatrical poster. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So check it out, everybody. All right, Patty, what you got? Yeah. So uh, speaking of easy viewing, let me set this up for you. Uh, every mm-hmm. summer, when it gets I, I don't like the heat, so I do the the opposite of the seasonal thing where people get bummed out in the winter. In the summer, it gets on it gets on me. So by August, uh. I always watch the girl with the dragon tattoo <laughs> because is it's it? easy viewing. <laughs> yeah, comfort. comfort no, it's not. But for some reason, uh, it's it's very cold in that movie. But I think it's just a cool movie, and I always watch it every summer. So I look forward to that viewing in August. And it's the become, Swedish version or the English version with David, David Craig, Daniel Craig? The Daniel David Craig. Fincher yeah. Yeah, the David Fincher version, man. Yeah. I, I just was asking. Yeah. This is a great re-add for the dozen times that we've said that or threatened to do a Best of David Fincher episode because that will be yeah. a very hard list to make. Hey, we got time now to watch all those ones No, we, we don't. haven't seen. Some of us have less time than ever right now. I know. That's actually true. I do have less free time than ever. All right. Well, Patrick's got comfort food, girl with the dragon tattoo, sit back with your cup of tea. Yeah. And just Get your laugh. kids in there. Watch this. Watch this great movie. <laughs> the family film. Yeah. 
All right, mine are not in any kind of order, but uh, the next movie on my list is a new movie um, that just in the last couple of days has been pushed ahead of time in these unprecedented movie times to streaming services, which is Pixar's Onward. Yeah, it comes out on Disney Plus as a recording tomorrow, which right. I'm very excited about. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've been talking about watching and rewatching Onward in our house since we saw it in the theater, and it was right on the uh, the brink of everything changing. We were in a mostly empty theater that ordinarily at that time on a Saturday afternoon for a kids' movie would be packed to the gills, and it wasn't, and uh, and really liked it. I was kind of like uh, prepared for something that wouldn't be as thrilling because the critical reaction was a, a bit tepid. It was like, yeah, it's good, but it's not the best. Um, and I responded very favorably to it. Thought it was really sweet, really, really funny, really creative. Uh, if you like D and D, it's essentially the D and D movie. Uh, there's a, actually a real theatrical adaptation of Dungeons and Dragons featuring Marlon Wayans or Damon mm-hmm. Wayans or some somebody like that. We should really watch that. This dethrones the original <laughs> dethrones <laughs> the original Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, and I, it's one of the Pixar movies that when you're watching it, you're aware of the fact that like, yeah, I'll be watching this a ton. Yeah. It's really good. So there you go. So we watch girl with the dragon tattoo and then watch onward to wash it out of your brain. You're going to need something. Matt, what do you got? Um, next I have one that I have watched already during quarantine and largely because some of us are going to read this book together and do a zoom based book club and it is dune the, the david lynch dune yeah. what, that's the only the david, one right the, yeah that's the only well there's the terrible tv series but that's not a movie we're not a you hate tv podcast so um yeah i rewatched it the other day it's it's not great it, i mean <laughs> Like I can, I can as a huge fan of it and of the book, I can hold hand on heart. It's not fantastic, but man, there's some stuff in there that's just wild and for the time, just amazing. And I, I love it. That's a great setup sucks. for a an idea that people need to understand, which is the love of rewatching movies that you know are in some sense bad, but they're not bad to you. You yeah, I mean? it's a it's a precious magical science fiction, and also at the moment, it's the only adaption on the big screen of a book that I love. So, I'm sure when if the Neville News version comes out and blows this one out of the water, my Blu-ray of David Lynch's Dune will cover be covered in dust very soon. But for now, it's all I got. Don't be so what, sure. What if Den- yeah? What if Neville News Dune sucks? Well, then I got David Lynch's one. <laughs> you got a backup. You got a backup. I always have the book. That's true. It takes a lot longer to, you know, enjoy the book. That's true. Yeah. That's true, yeah. But it's worth it. Mm. I started rereading it again today. Man, yeah. it's fantastic. I wish that everyone could understand the, the, the joy of loving a movie that you know to the world is bad. And you're not watching it ironically like, I like it because it's bad. No, it's like to you, it's actually good. But you simultaneously understand the fact that to the world, it's not good. And you're not even trying to argue with them. It's not like Chappie. Like it, with Chappie, we genuinely think it is good and the yes, world, the is, world wrong. is wrong. Yes. But with a different kind of movie. Like, you're like saying, Waterworld. 
Yeah, you, you understand the world, thinks it's bad, and you don't want to argue about wait, it. Wait, do you really like Waterworld? I genuinely love Waterworld. Okay, well, there you go. All right, Tyler, what you got? Uh, next one on my list is a is a, another uh, comfort film. Um, the the theme being like you know just being able to appreciate the world around you and the time that you have right now. It's just kind of like an encouraging. By the end of it, you feel a little bit about, better about your own life, kind of a thing. Um, and it's Midnight in Paris. It's very easy watching, very low stress. <laughs> There's no anxiety-inducing moments. It's just like a charming. I mean, the setup of Midnight in Paris. Is that Woody? Is that Woody Allen and Owen Wilson? Isn't it? Yeah. And he goes and, back in time. And Rachel McAdams. Well, I love her. Does he go back in time and hang out with like Ella Fitzgerald? Yes, uh, he's a he's a modern writer who goes back in time and he spends because yeah. he thinks that the 1920s in Paris were the golden age, and so he goes right. back in time and he's. He's with the Fitzgeralds and with a um, bunch of, like, he's with Picasso and Gertrude Stein and a bunch of old and iconic Hemingway. Hemingway's yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it, the moral is, is about appreciating the time that you're in as the golden age and not some, some moment in the past. So it's a really nice, charming film. Is that, wasn't there a Woody Allen flick in his recent filmography that was, like, silent movie? Didn't he do a... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big Woody Allen follower. Uh, and this movie's not like particularly amazing. It's just like good and comforting and encouraging. Charming. Nice. You know? All right, Patrick, what do you got? Something equally as good and comforting and encouraging as girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Chappie and on my list is Chappie. And the mm. reason is we were just listening to those, uh, those, uh, D ant <laughs> albums. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it just put Chappie in my mind. So that's, that's one of those that are on my list to watch soon because, um, I just love it a lot and I hadn't seen it in a minute. So Chappie. Sure. Love it. Yeah. Chappie. You'll have a good, you'll have a good time for sure. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be good. Then I'll go ahead and go in that vein as well. I uh, I put District 9. Mm-hmm. On Another my, good time. Yeah. I think that District 9 to me is one of my favorite movies, but also one that's like uh, the kind of movies we talk about, like Children of Men, where when you think of, if, when it comes to mind for some reason, you're like, oh, I need to put that in. It's not. Mm-hmm. It it draws you into rewatching and rewatching and rewatching. And it, to me, never gets dull. It's always exciting. Uh, and when I when it does come to mind, I'm like, oh yeah, District Nine. I should rewatch that. I get excited about knowing that I'm going to rewatch District Nine. Yeah, of course. So beat that, Matt. Um, uh, this next one again, a comfort one, and also a exciting time because I have time now to um, share more stuff like you do. You said with Godzilla and your kids. So my plan is now to watch this with my eldest two kids who are 10 and six, and it is the princess bride. Nice. That's a great one. Scary. They're like, yeah, like a prime age. They're both fine with like slightly scary stuff, like kid appropriate, scary stuff. Mm. And um, they're both kind of more and more getting into the fantasy genre. 
like they're um, reading through the Narnia books right now. And so I think it's like a perfect time to introduce them to a brilliant piece of fantasy comedy. It's pretty good. I, I really love the, the comedic aspects of it. The, Me too. I don't remember if they break the fourth wall, but they certainly, they certainly break in the sense where they become self-aware in their own moments of comedy. Yeah. Which is pretty great. Yeah, it's really clever. Billy Crystal's in there yeah. talking yeah. about people being partially dead. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's really so quotable. The, uh, I remember watching this as a kid and not understanding half of the jokes, but then watching it consistently till you're like, oh, I get that one now because it's just a good movie. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Tyler. Uh, the next one on my list is, uh, it's, it's not a comfort film. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a great film, but it's, it's an obscure one that I want to give some more hype to, you know, add some more grand, grand swell in case you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, Another commercial. Great. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. And you bring this up a lot, I feel like. Have you not seen it yet? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it's, it. a, it's a, it's an amazing, underrated Western. It's like it came out and no one saw it and no one cares about it. But if you have the time and, and you like movies, put this one in if you haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good. I don't just is say it, this because it has Is it because name. it was like that? Oh, I, I don't just say this because it has the same star, but it reminds me of a ghost story pacing. Uh, yeah, it's slow and almost calming in that way. So it's like it's you know it's 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 good to watch in a season like this. But um, I, I'm more so think that it's just unique in the way that it tells a story. It feels very. This is kind of a strange comparison, but in the way that. Um, 300 makes this this past story feel more like a legend feel more like it's bigger than life that's kind of how this film presents the story which feels really cool to me i thought it was really well made matt you were gonna say i was gonna say was it one of the films that was kind of on the cutting edge of having a longer runtime, and that's why people didn't go see it that's a really long run time yeah yeah and it but it and it was before people were willing to do that. They, people seem more willing to kind of sit down and handle that now. But I think it was the long run time and the slow pacing put people off because, yep. you know, people are idiots and they don't right. have the uh, patience. Yeah. But it's great. It's really well acted. Casey and Brad and um, Sam Rockwell are all fantastic in it. Yeah. It's a good. Good flick. All right, Patrick, speaking of good flicks, do you have one on your list? Yeah, uh, Tyler just mentioned 300, and that's my next one. It's 300. Uh, 300 is a blast. Yeah. That's a great way to pass some time. It is. It's very nostalgic to me. It's the first IMAX movie I saw, like in a really big IMAX theater. And, uh, you know, you can't help but get inspired to go do push-ups or something after that. So oh, In the theater, yeah. In the theater. <laughs> 300 is great. If you haven't seen it, Check it out. Family, family film. I feel like the 300 is, in it, to its credit, you know, after it was extremely popular when it came out, everyone was really hyped up, having a good time seeing it. 
and then it earned slowly over time this kind of like a bro reputation or frat frat boy reputation yeah which is unfortunate because it's obvious why it would earn a type of it's very machismo and actiony mm-hmm. and it does have a bunch of oiled up buff dudes doing buff things from start to finish but that wasn't the air when 300 was making the theater circuit it seemed like everyone who liked movies was just saying oh have you seen this yet it's so cool it's a really refreshing take on action genre and yeah it played like a graphic novel film but also was coming after troy was popular for a long time and so they just people just saw it as another yeah genre type film but then Somehow it took a turn toward bro. And it put Zack Snyder on the map for his his thing. Now any movie that looks like that is like, oh, it's, they're doing that Zack Snyder thing because of 300. Yeah, totally. I think the only reason that, or I mean, the, not the only reason, but the main reason that people like to crap on 300 and say it's a bro movie is just because it was so popular at the moment, anytime a movie is like a, has that amount of groundswell and everyone's talking about it, of course there's going to be people who are trying to find a way to excuse its popularity. It's almost the same thing, and I know no one's going to agree with me on this, but how everyone in the at the height of Avatar's popularity were rushing to dismiss it. Oh, it sucks because of these reasons or these reasons or these reasons because it was such a household name at the time. Three hundred was no app but it was really really popular everyone was talking about when it was out i saw it like two or three times just because people around me were like i haven't seen it yet and i'd be like let's go see it it was one of those movies yeah i agree it was great it is great all right so my turn now yes oh i uh i put on my list because i have watched it uh during this quarantine thing and not and and more than once this year uh, is War for the Planet of the Apes. Um, I really like the rebooted quasi-prequel Planet of the Apes series, and I really like the original Planet of the Apes. But War for the Planet of the Apes, and I have a few on my list like this, is one of those movies to me that's like, first time I saw it, I liked it, but I was a little bit on the fence. I liked the previous movie better, and I was like, oh, I'm not sure I fully got it, but it was cool. And I watched it again and I thought, okay, no, now I understand it. That's a great movie. And then I watched it again and I thought, now I think that this is as good as the previous movie. And then I watched it again and I thought, man, this movie is so complex. There's so many layers that, you know, the visual effects are obviously spectacular. So I think that uh, re- going back and revisiting, like Tyler said, of Orange County or, or something, going back and revisiting movies that left enough of an impression on you the first time to like uh, a seed of like, oh, okay, what's going on there? Um, rewatching those movies totally can shift the entire experience and change how you feel about a movie in a radical way. And that that's been one for me. Yeah. I rewatched that one the other day too. And uh, it, it does appreciate with each viewing, but I still, um, I, when we did an episode on this, I still think that they got the titles mixed up with Dawn and War. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? they did. Yep. Uh, but that's, that's my only calm with it it's a great movie yeah there's not nearly as much war in it than dawn yeah the and setting, it seems to be the, the dawn setting is of a the war. actual <laughs> that i suppose i mean isn't yeah no that would be a huge spoiler never mind okay there you go good job matt hey, usually time. you don't put that filter on that's great i know that's my see quarantine man it's good for my uh mouth i guess i guess <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, speaking of your mouth, what's your next thing? 
Uh, my next thing is the original 1981 Evil Dead. My first, but not my only, zombie movie. Slap. Well, ghoul, ghoulish. Things that are dead, but then alive. Things that again. are dead, then that are bad. Bad dead. news. Bad, bad news bears. Deadites. Yeah, um, exactly. So you know, it's I didn't watch this movie until I was quite like a bit older, like in my thirties. I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies when I was a kid, and so I think coming to it as an adult, there's no kind of like teenage rebellion around it. I can just enjoy it for the fact that it's just bonkers and great and looks real crappy and there's a weird stop motion part in it and I love that. <laughs> and it's just what the heck is going on with that tree? And it's yeah, it's cool as crap. So Two is I'm better. Excited. Oh no because you like that freaking deer head on the wall. I like the I like the lamp scene. <laughs> the lamp laughing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is good. Well, maybe I'll just watch them both then. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with Evil Dead, uh I I lo- I adore those movies, but I remember when the most recent one was coming out in the theaters and Josh and I realized Tyler hadn't seen any of them. We we're like, "You know what would be funny? Is watch all these back to back and try to make sense of it." And it was really funny watching it with somebody who's never seen him or really even knew anything about it. He kept asking, is this the same series? Because they're so different. Yeah. Well, yeah, the second one is just like, oh, we're just remaking the first one. No, 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 we're not. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, wait, no? What are we doing? <laughs> it's just a revised script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was funny the first that when we showed Tyler Evil Dead, the plan was let's watch this one and then maybe next time we hang out we'll watch another one of them. And he finished it with such confusion that he's like, "What? Put it, put in the next one." <laughs> like, that was going to reconcile it for him. Go ahead, go ahead and start part two. Yeah. I need to understand this. <laughs> and then we watched three, and then I stopped trying to understand it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it had all come together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Uh, can you compete with Evil Dead? Uh, yes. We're, yeah. Uh, the next film that I recommend uh, for watching while in quarantine is one that a lot of people seem to miss. But this is one that will really, really cheer you up. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is one of the comedies that you watch and you laugh every time. It's not Borat, because <laughs> that's one that I'm just remembering now. Uh, this one is Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping which yeah. is one of the most underrated comedies of the, of the 2010s. It was so good. So if you want to have a good time and have some laughs, this is a, this is a great way to do it. And what a, you can't do this right now, but when you can, what a blast to be in a room and show it to a new person to yeah. laugh with them. Yeah. It's always funny. Yeah. So if someone that you're living with, your spouse or your roommate hasn't seen it, and you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it together. You'll have a good time. Patrick, what do you got? Uh, I have Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. That's a great movie. What a Patrick list. This is such a Patrick list. (laughs) Well, is it? Of course it is. My name's at the top of it. Uh, (laughs) How can I? I love those first two Hellboy movies a lot. Um, I think that they're just fun to watch. They look incredible and they're just really funny but the big story tyler have you seen these movies i haven't seen a single hellboy 
Okay. Oh, Tyler. We should watch them because the, uh, you appreciate really big stories, you know, and these are huge stories, environmental stories. It's really cool to watch. So okay. Hellboy 2 is great. Okay. Yeah. Del Toro. I think it's superior to the original as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. It's a uh, feast of visuals, that's for sure. If you like, uh, you know, his other work like Pan's Labyrinth or The Shape of Water. Hell, it's like Tyler says about uh, Rise of Skywalker is the most Star Wars, Star Wars movie. It's a lot of Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Hellboy 2 is a lot of Del Toro. It's yeah. Got Del it. Toro, Del Toro. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, next thing I put on my list is uh, another movie. I've got a, a, a quick succession of the movies that I think appreciate from repeated viewings if they didn't uh, take on full resonance the first time around, which is Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, you got to start that whole thing over. Well, You're I wallowing pretty hard. Oh, I have to start it over because you didn't actually hear it. I was going to say, what are you talking about? I'm recording it. Right. If you, yeah. want, if you want us to hear it and react, you're going to have to start over. That's probably important to the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> we can just pretend we know what you're talking about. I said, I got a short blast of movies that I think I didn't fully appreciate the first time, but that have gotten better each time I've watched them. So I like to rewatch them. Yeah. Yeah. Much like war, of the planet, uh, war for the planet of the apes. Uh, and this one's guardians of the galaxy two. Um, when we all went and saw guardians, the two, I think we had, if not a, a tepid reaction, at least some level of disappointment because yeah. the first was such a, a huge experience in the theater and we we're all really, really pumped and had a lot of uh, uh, hope for the potential of the movie and left kind of going, eh, it was okay. It was pretty good. Um, and we were able to acknowledge in, in the lobby of the theater, we're probably only talking like this because the original is such a hard movie to outshine. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I bought the Blu-ray and I watched it again and I thought, whoa, that was so much better the second time around. And that made me want to watch it a third time. And by the t- third time I watched it, I was like, this thing really, really stands up. Uh, it holds its own. It's, a lot, it's different in a lot of ways to the original. It's really bittersweet. There's this really, really touching story about family um, and fatherhood and uh, friendship in there that is, you know, in, in the guise of this silly movie about a talking planet and a raccoon and stuff. Uh, so I think it's uh, underrated and un- unappreciated because uh, that it has to compete with a movie that is in many ways superior, but also what can you do? It's the first time we saw a Guardians movie. Of course, it's going to be, you know, uh, hard to compete with it. Yeah, I rewatched that when it uh, hit streaming on Netflix or, or Disney Plus or whatever. And I found myself like sitting down and, and looking forward to the parts I knew were going to be funny. And it's got some uh, great Guardian moments. That opening scene is awesome. You know, mm-hmm. and I just was laughing a lot. It's a good movie. Baby Groot is most of the comedic relief. Yeah, yeah. That, that opening title card sequence is great, though. You can't argue with the... Dancing yeah. while they fight a big butthole slug or whatever. That yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And it's great storytelling. They, in, they reintroduce the characters and all their personalities in that scene really well. It's cool. It's a cool scene. Long yeah. shot. It's a long shot. It felt <laughs> like uh, it, was, it was a little bit uh, of a disappointment. My encouragement is to give it a second, second shot. After all, it is two. Man, Matt, you just you love got? Marvel movies. Yeah, yeah, I do. Just like um, this, I mean, Pistol Chris said. 
<laughs> oh man, that would be a painful mitriation if it was crystals. Um, my next movie is the most feel-good movie on this or any list, I would argue, and it is about time. I figured that was coming from you guys. I mean, has yeah, we've be, just right? been a commercial for about time lately. I yeah. I'm, I can't find any fault with it, you know? No, I just we, think that... We just watched it. We just watched it uh, a few nights ago, yeah. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I love it. I talked about it on our top 10 of the decade. I think most of us had it on our top 10 of the decade list. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a brilliant movie. Flawless. Worth your time. Yeah, I made... Uh, I made Life-changing. Yeah, I made Sarah uh, do a save or kill after we watched it. She had to save or kill... About time or Mean Girls, which would she save? And she saved Mean Girls. I mean, that's objectively wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but we know why. That's her favorite movie. Yeah, well, I understand because of who it is. But Tyler did it just to decision. set her up. <laughs> just so we could be mad at her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am mad. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> it worked. All right, Tyler. What else you got? Uh, the next one on my film um, is mostly for the nostalgia. Um, but it's also a very good film. I also think it's quite uh, appropriate. It might be uh, even uh, cathartic for all of our people stuck in quarantine, and it is Shawshank Redemption. What's wrong with Shawshank, man? Yeah. And TBS and TNT have proven that you can watch yeah. it over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. You and we'll, jump in at any point. We'll all yeah. one day crawl through the sewers and to freedom when we are finally able to go outside again. I've already ordered my Rita Hayworth poster off <laughs> those, of Amazon. Those I'm men in that prison, the men in that prison have, had more socializing and intimacy than we have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll all stand in the rain someday and we'll look up at the heavens and we'll, we'll yell in freedom. And then we yeah. won't be able to hack it. We're going to be like, we can't handle it on the outside. Yeah, you'll be institutionalized. You'll have oh, to go man. back. <laughs> the moment I get a pet crow. I've decided out. not to stay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shawshank Redemption, give it another watch. See how it makes it feel while you're trapped in your homes. Yeah, Have can't it? argue with that. Uh, my next one is my uh, only animated movie on the list, and it is Ratatouille. Oh, good call. You know, my uh, kids exactly. love watching the Pixar movies and this one comes up a lot. And every time they watch it, I sit down and watch it with them because it's a, just a really good, well-done movie. Yeah. yeah, I would argue one of the most rewatchable of the Pixar films. I feel like maybe Ratatouille has been uh, largely rewatched in the last few weeks because I've, I've seen a lot of tweets about it and Patton Oswald tweeting at people about it. So maybe this is, maybe this is true. Patrick, people are just watching it. I'm one of them. It's good. Serenity is great. Makes me hungry too. Mm. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, that's a good call. Love, love watch. Ratatouille might be one of the most like uh, film films of the Pixar movies. It really is. Sophisticated movie. And have any of you guys actually had a really like uh, fancy Ratatouille dish? The actual yeah, it's delicious. I've never had like the version in the nice restaurant. I've only seen it like in a grocery store that you scoop out and it doesn't look so good there. <laughs> There's I've a million recipes really. online that I've often looked up to recreate the, yeah, but I haven't done it. I just look at it and go, Oh, I could totally do that. Apparently it was, it was actually taken from a popular restaurant in Paris at the time. And that was their like secret menu item or some such thing. Yeah. I want the slices, the little slices. 
not the big chunks. Yeah, um, you, want it, you want it as Remy prepared it. Yeah. yeah. Those paper thin zucchini and yeah, it looks delicious. This, this is a different podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> you made that good soup too. Yeah. Which is, uh, I never fully understand it because the soup was disgusting. In fact, it was so disgusting that the mere smell of it made Remy gag. Yeah. But then he was able to just add things to it and make it a delicious soup. And then yeah. that soup gets recreated as a specialty menu item at Gusto's. So do you have to make the gross soup first and then add crap to it? Yeah. So you go through that dark night of the soul to come out the mm-hmm. other side. You with earn the it. Yeah, you and if you're thinking about it, if you're preparing any dish, if you start eating it midway through, it's probably not going to be great. You know, if you just start That's eating good. pancake batter, it's gross. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, I don't want to eat half-made pancake batter yeah. with flour and eggs. Yeah, that's not good. I have a, on my list next a great, uh, also a great family movie, and it's something that uh, I've uh, tried out with my kids recently and that they did take a liking to, which is Labyrinth. Um, I had been Excellent. kind of waiting for the right time to show them both Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal is obviously more horrifying and less fun, uh, so they haven't seen that yet, but they know about it. And I said, let's just watch this movie. I just put it on. I didn't even really give it a big intro just to see what they And they were glued to it. They thought it was really funny. They liked the songs. Um, they asked to listen to the soundtrack now. And, uh, and you know how kids, like every, every couple of days, they'll, they'll say, it's been a while since we watched Labyrinth. It hasn't been a while at all. <laughs> we watched it this week. But sure, yeah, let's put on Labyrinth. I always like rewatching Labyrinth. So that to me is, uh, for me, outside of watching it with small children, is a comfort food movie. Uh, nostalgic, fun to have on, easy to get into wherever it's at. So it's been good, good for the quarantines. Yeah. Matt, what do you got? Next on my list is, um, I think, much like Tyler's Shawshank Redemption, another appropriately themed movie for this season of life we find ourselves in, and that That's is Groundhog. No, Groundhog Day. <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Groundhog yeah. Day, because, man, it, I don't know what day of the week it is. I see. I keep doing the same things every day, and I can't stop. And I'm slowly <laughs> going insane. <laughs> yeah, I learned to play piano, man. Make the make yeah. the best of it. That's right. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn be come out the other side an ice sculptor, and hopefully at no point will I throw my toaster in the bath. Hopefully, <laughs> avoid that one. F- fingers crossed. Yeah. Not, not bad. Not a bad choice. Tyler, well, what you got? my next one. Uh, is actually a double feature. And uh, if you want to have a really great night uh, with a lot lot more laughs, you're going to watch Horrible Bosses 1 and 2. Oh, nice double feature. Solid. D- horrible solid Bosses choice. Grindhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a great time. That's going to be a great night. I might do that myself soon. Yeah. Good comedies. Good laughs. Good laughs. Yeah, and especially yeah. if you people, I think, uh, were dismissive about Horrible Bosses because the trailers didn't sell how funny it was really going to be. And so I kind of watched it after the fact, just wondering, like, oh, maybe this has a laugh or two in it, and then realized, man, this is actually a really funny movie. And the second one, to me, is even funnier. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a watch. Patrick, what do you got? Uh, I have Thor Ragnarok. Freaking Ragnarok. 
uh, yeah, because you can watch it as an action movie or a comedy or both, and um, just think it's funny and fun to watch. It doesn't get old, and I've seen it a lot at this point. Thor. <laughs> what? Yeah. What else can be said? I guess. Yeah. Uh, take a turn, a dark turn now, and say that my next uh, choice is Apocalypse Now. What? <laughs> <Good> grief. <laughs> hey, that's weirder than my dragon tattoo one. Yeah, that's, that's weirder than dragon tattoo. You're going to make people miserable. I know, <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. Uh, it actually happened uh, for a number of reasons. One, someone for Christmas, uh, Abby, gave me a really nice, there's this uh, beautiful new Blu-ray volume of it because they restored it for 4K and put all the different cuts onto one uh, Blu-ray and it looks really great. I was like, oh, heck yeah. I was excited to watch it just because I got it. And then when we did that episode about 1917, Tyler reminded me what kind of war movies I like because I didn't remember. And I remembered Vietnam and said Apocalypse mm-hmm. Now is probably my favorite uh, war movie and revisited it. And it's like, a, I don't know, man, something about Apocalypse Now. It's definitely not a feel, feel-good movie by any means. But if you like movies it's one of those movies that you can't help but appreciate the craftsmanship and the storytelling. And when it's over, you're like, yeah, I guess there's a reason that that stands as one of the most um, celebrated pieces of filmmaking of all time. And that's fun to uh, treat yourself to in these dark days, even though the movie itself is. Yeah, Yeah, that that one's really great. That that water buffalo should be proud for the f- film it was featured in. Yeah, that's awful. It's real bad. <laughs> so that's our teaser for Apocalypse Now. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> get the family together. <laughs> All right, Matt, what do you got? He's looking at something. I see him, and he's muted, but he doesn't realize it. Uh, now he's confused. There he goes. It. I got it. I got it. Okay, my next uh, one is I think one of the funniest movies ever made. And also stars Bill Murray, and it is Ghostbusters. Great choice. Because there is no Dana, only Zool. Nostalgia, comfort, funny, fun. Exactly. You know what you're getting, and it's a good time. And you can, you can even look forward to the end of this season of our world, where Rick Moranis is coming out of retirement. So there's, you know, there's now future hope associated with Ghostbusters. There you go. It's always the bright side. Exactly. Yeah, good Love job. Yeah, love Ghostbusters. You love Bill Murray. I do. I mean, he's a funny man. Yeah. All right, Tyler, what do you got after Ghostbusters? My uh, next film uh, is The Big Lebowski. Also very yeah. funny. Yeah. What about the sequel? Did you see the sequel? <laughs> no. There's a sequel? Yeah, yeah just about bombed, Jesus bombed guy. big time. Right. Oh, about him. The Got bowling, it. Bowling Jesus. Yeah. Uh, this is just one of those movies that you put on and it's just, it's, it's good from start to finish. Every scene, and if you sit down and come back in the room, the, anything, anything that's happening is just, is just great and are iconic and hilarious. And you forget all about the one liners that are amazing. And John Goodman's just a treasure in this. Yep. It's great. It's the cast is just great all around in this one. Yeah. You know, and I'll say that I missed uh, the Big Lebowski bandwagon when, it, you know, the people that in my life that liked movies would always quote it and mention it and be like, oh, my gosh, you haven't seen Big Lebowski. You call yourself a cinephile, all that crap until I was, uh, you know, much older 
and one afternoon had occasion to put it on and give it a shot. And I was shocked that it was so immediately palatable. I thought it was going to be one of these cult movies that it's like, I missed it. I missed the bandwagon. I'll never find my way back into this. You know, like if you didn't watch Goonies when you were a kid and grow up here and everybody quote it and then you try to get into it and you're like, I, I missed it. But yeah, this movie is self-sufficient. It stands on its own and it's timeless in that way. I, I didn't watch it for the first time until like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. So I, I didn't watch it when it came out or as a kid or anything, but I immediately appreciated it. Yeah, I agree. Hey, good choice. Patrick, what do you got? I have uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, I mean, it's no Temple of Doom. Yeah, <laughs> I think this one is uh, is the best of of the bunch, and um, just it's it's a comfort movie because it's you know the hero wins in in the best ways, and he's like one of the best heroes, so it's just super fun to watch. Yeah, Indiana right. Jones never gets old. Yeah, well, he's I mean, he's he getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a poor except, choice of words. Except, except in, he did. Indiana Jones gets and got very old but his classic films are timeless yeah you know maybe this uh them teasing us about a fifth one won't actually happen now because of all this and maybe we'll be better for it you know it it seems like it that thing is a mess and now spielberg departed i don't think it yeah that's yeah no that thing's dead on arrival yeah um so to make up for apocalypse now my next choice is you've got mail as opposed to the better version, which is definitely Sleepless in Seattle. No, no. I actually don't disagree that Sleepless in Seattle is a better movie, but I like You've Got Mail better, and mostly okay. because I watch that one a lot more. You've uh, Got Mail is more of an easy watch. It's more of an escapist film than Sleepless in Seattle. Exactly. I love, I love Sleepless in Seattle so much. Look, man, we all like Sleepless in Seattle. I'm just saying that's like a, you have to actually emotionally vest yourself. In yeah. The, and sleepless in seattle it asks something of the viewer mm-hmm. uh you've got mail is like you know eating wafer cookies from yeah. <laughs> it's spring time, time in new york with books and caviar it's yeah, dave it's chappelle dave yeah. chappelle and the, the most baffling role <laughs> and uh it's very digestible and very little substance other than you know light-hearted entertainment i think maybe one of the Movie. Oh, I'll watch You've Got Mail. Feels good. Yeah, it's like one of the most quintessential uh, Tom Hanks comfort movies. You know, because yeah. he does a lot of he's those. Very Tom Hanks. He's very Tom Hanks. All right, Matt, what do you got? Beat that. Well, my next probably, one. Oh, there he is. I just had to unmute myself. Hold on. My next one is, I think, the funniest movie ever made. Jeez. Bridesmaids. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, man, they're gonna be laughing like, all through this quarantine. Like I need, I need, well, you know, I deal with some zombies. Oh no, you're right. Zombies, a bad David Lynch movie, and then basically comedies after that because I need something. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see the video, but there was desperation in his eyes when he said yeah. that. <laughs> I'm moving my hands. Yeah, I agree. Bridesmaids is great. It is so, very like, funny. I. I there are some times, you know, where you have to be like in the right state of mind for a comedy to be funny. But I've found that regardless of where I'm at, if I even catch a glimpse of it at the corner of my eyes, I will sit down and I'll start laughing. 
Yeah. That's yeah. one of those movies that has such a great intro that no matter what mood you're in, like it just changes it. Yeah, you know, totally. mm-hmm. uh, the opening scene with John Hamm and Kristen Wiig. This is oh, great. So <laughs> the funniest <laughs> sex scene in movie history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll, that'll get you, that'll get your mind right for the rest yeah. of the film. Yeah. And maybe one of the best examples of like uh, awkward laughter when people watch it in a group, no one can help it. Everyone thinks it's hilarious, but it's so awkward yeah right right well it's not even just that it's like it's funny but it's also disarming when it comes to uh watching movies together and making fun of like love scenes in films yeah so (laughs) it like in that sense is is breaking the tension that other people would have already experienced would have experienced in that scene yeah and it's a really smart way to start that movie because it sets the tone for how far the movie is going to go the type of movie it's going to be that it's going yeah. to be a, an R-rated comedy and kind of unapologetically. Yeah. <laughs> and so it gets you in that you're like, oh, this is the kind of thing we're doing. Even the bit of dialogue between Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph in the bakery after that scene, it just continues in that same vein. Mm-hmm. All right, Tyler, you're up. Uh, my next one is a very big, larger than life, uh, comedy musical, uh, that has earned a special place in, in my heart. Uh, and that's blues brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I nice. figured that'd be on, this is a very title. You know? <laughs> what was my name at the top? <laughs> Jesse, Jesse James and freaking blues brothers. Uh, yeah. If you've got a lot of time to kill and you just want to have fun, Blues Brothers is great. The, the comedy, the the cast, the music, the musicians, all, every scene is just so great. It's just it's just really high end entertainment, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah well, okay. Who yeah. can argue with Blues it's Brothers? Good. I guess. I mean, it's no Little Shop of Horrors. I thought that's maybe that's where you were going with your comedy musical. I had to search my brain for a second. Oh, right, Blues Brothers. That's what's. Tyler only watches that for the dentist song. Yeah. <laughs> Blues Brothers he liked the whole thing Little Shop of Horrors it's just that Steve Martin song yeah Steve Martin's number is really good in that it's so maybe that's hilarious. on your list just the dentist just that that's the three minute YouTube <laughs> song dentist uh-huh. alright Patrick what do you got uh, I agree with Matt my next one is Bridesmaids well look at that very smart man yeah it's, it's funny but we already said why so there it is yeah it is funny um, mine's going in a, a dark place for the, my finales after, <laughs> after I've watched, you know, apocalypse now, then, uh, I've been into rewatching Denis Villeneuve's enemy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's one of those, this sounds really pretentious, but a super contemplative movie. You yeah. watch it and you're entertained and it's interesting and intriguing, but you walk away with a lot of questions and you have to keep turning it over in your head and you get to a point where you're like, you know what, just screw it. Just put it in again. Maybe that'll help me under- understand what I missed. Not as far as like a David Lynch thing, but enough uh, mystery to make you want to watch it. And then you watch it a second time and you're like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, I think, I think this means this and this means that. You know what, screw it. Just put it on one more t- time. Yeah. I think I'll everyone in. Yeah, that one's great because it's got all the loose strings where you're like, oh, I'm following it, I'm following it. Oh, no, go back. Let me try think about it again in the best way. Yeah. Definitely not a, a laugh movie or a feel-good movie either. 
but uh, super broody and uh, a, th- a think piece. So, yeah. and, and you gotta love that, Denis. Yep, you do, Denis. Matt, what's up? We're almost there. My number one movie on my list is, and this one I actually shamefully didn't own, so I've bought on Blu-ray just so I could watch it during quarantine and have done so and will do again, uh, Shaun of the Dead. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's very appropriate and it's very funny and it's nice because it reminds me of a simpler time when I was English and thought a cup of tea could fix everything. <laughs> and, um, and there wasn't an actual apocalypse outside my window. Yeah, you know, I almost put Shaun of the Dead on mine because it, uh, it's, it's great. It's a really good it's movie. Great. And yeah. I, bought, I bought the whole Cornetto trilogy so I can also, even though they didn't make my list, I can also enjoy Hot Fuzz and The World's End at some point. Although yeah. Shaun, Shaun of the, of the Dead already happened. Shaun of the Dead is clearly the best one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It is, you know, and it's it's funny. This sounds like a, uh, uh, what's the word, self-righteous kind of way to describe it. But uh, it's one of the best movie parodies, if not the best movie parody. Yeah, for that's sure. Ever, I think that's so. ever been made. Yeah. The You know, I actually like movies like Hot Shots. <laughs> uh, that, or, you know. Loaded make, Weapon. Loaded Weapon is really funny. and But those ones aren't, those ones are pretty, uh, <laughs> this is a weird word to use, but flamboyant in the way that they present yeah, that comedy. More like slapstick. Yeah, they are. They are. But, but they, I, I'm trying to think of a word. Shaun of the Dead um, is more subtle in its comedy and in its parody. The other ones are like opposite of subtlety. It's a, it's a yes. comedic homage more than it's a direct parody. That's really fair, that. but it. I think it is in, in a lot of ways, I th- and I think the filmmakers would agree that the homage and the parody are so strong that you can watch it without having ever seen a Romero movie and you'd be totally fine. You'd laugh, you'd get it. You don't need the background, but if you've actually seen Dawn of the dead or, you know, night of living dead or day of the dead, uh, it's really, really funny that there is such, it's not like lampooning the, the movies that it pays homage to it. It obviously loves them very much, but just recognizes like, wouldn't it be silly if we made it into a comedy? Right. I don't yeah, think anyone else would have made a movie like that and executed it. Yeah. Instead of a mall, they just go to the pub. Yeah. Yeah. Great characters in that movie. I love those characters. Did you see the um, the stay at home like PSA that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost did, where they basically reenacted the conversation, but instead of going to the Winchester, they were like, "No, we just got to stay home." Don't go oh, anywhere. that's great. Yeah. Tyler should not put that on this uh, at the page of this episode, <laughs> like we always say. Tyler, put that link. Yeah, great. So send that to me. I'll Maybe it'll be the thumbnail for this episode. All right, Pat or Tyler, what do you got? Uh, my final one on the list is about time. <gasps> yeah. yeah, nice. It's- if there's ever a movie to watch right now to make you feel better about life and appreciate the the small moments, it's it's that film. Uh, but it's it's uh, very similar in its um, messaging to Midnight in Paris, just about appreciating the time that you're in at that any given moment. It's great. It's it's a it's a very comforting, charming, encouraging film to watch right now when you're stuck at home. I agree. 
Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, yeah. who can argue with the feel goodness of uh, about time? And since you guys have already said that it's perfect, flawless, without That's true. error of any kind, <laughs> inerrant in every way, <laughs> it's probably an ad enough for about time. Patrick, is this your grand finale? Yep. My grand finale is Creed. Uh, I watch Creed regularly for a pick me up and because I just love it more than most other movies. So, uh, listen to, I don't know, a dozen other episodes where we talk about Creed all the time. But. Yeah. I, uh, I started to put Creed on my list and honestly it was on my list and then I thought it'll be on Patrick. So I'll just take this one off. It will be. <laughs> and if there was ever a time where we need to just keep punching, you know, it's, it's, uh, no, no. The Creed's just going to make people feel claustrophobic. Yeah, I can't run down the streets of Philly with he's, yeah, he's running down Philly with everybody. That's true. Exactly. Congratulating him. Come on, yeah, champ. Just it. pretend you're Creed. <laughs> it's you're escapism, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All this Creed walks around my neighborhood, making sure I stay six feet from people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this motivation that you'll gain from the film to just do push-ups in your in your living room. I mean, yeah. Hey, maybe you'll come out of this quarantine in better shape than you've ever been, you know? Zero percent chance. I'm definitely <laughs> coming out. again. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my grand finale is uh, probably not what one might expect, but it is uh, David Cronenberg's 1986 remake of The Fly. Anyone got anything to say about just that? Man, it's really Josh List, you know? Well, I, I like the fly. It's great. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I don't know what it is. I mean, the fly is one of my favorite movies. It's definitely my favorite David Cronenberg movie. Uh, but I don't know what it is about it that if it's to me like a District 9 where if I think about the fly and how gross it is and how uh, affecting it is, I go, oh, man, I should watch the fly. You get grossed out, you get really bummed out, and you think that's one heck of a <laughs> that's one heck of a movie about a guy turning into a fly. <laughs> he really did it. <laughs> you know, uh, there's a genre. This is actually appropriate for these dark days. Is a subgenre of horror movies called body horror that have do with stuff going on in your body that you have no control over, and it's gross and you know terrifying. Movies like Alien I, tap into that that kind of thing. Or um, um, Black Swan. Black Swan is a fantastic example of body horror. And The Fly is maybe the best example of a body horror. David Cronenberg's like, uh, I want to essentially make a movie about cancer or AIDS and something that you know, like disintegrates the body and you have no control over it. About getting sick, essentially, is what The Fly is about, but in the guise of this sci-fi horror movie. So I think it's important for us all to watch Enjoy. <laughs> be uplifted by in, in these dark days. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least you're not a fly. You know? <laughs> it could be. It could be worse. What are you watching to get you through the loneliness and isolation? Is it comforting or disturbing or some combination of the two? By all means, feel free to leave your quarantine movie playlist as a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com. We could all use the recommendations. <laughs>